In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. At about 8.50 a.m., dread settled in my stomach. The excitement I felt as a still relatively newly ordained priest entrusted by my beloved rector to oversee the parish for the week was draining quickly. You see, as I had imagined the scenario, the parish would come together on Sunday morning, hear the word of God proclaimed, share in the Eucharist, and when the rector returned, we would be able to tell him how smoothly it had all gone. He was a wise man. He freely shared nuggets of advice, almost as if he were thinking out loud to himself. One of his words of advice, always be prepared to preach, even if you're not assigned. Have something you could say. At 8.53, as I looked at my watch and forlornly out in the parking lot, it became evident that our guest preacher from our partner parish in Costa Rica was not going to make it on time to be vested. I had not heeded my rector's advice. (laughs) I was unprepared. And yes, there is extemporaneous preaching where you're doing so without notes, but I assure you when that happens, you have thought about what you're going to say before you speak. So rifling through my prayer book to my leaflet stuffed inside, I flipped to the gospel passage, and it was this very one from Luke's gospel as Jesus responded to his disciples' request, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And until this week, The last time I encountered this passage as a preacher in the lectionary cycle was then. The Lord's prayer evokes much for us as we receive those instructions from Jesus. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Perhaps some version of the Lord's prayer holds an early childhood memory for you of instruction from a family member. Maybe you pray it in a familiar, comforting rut of routine, nearly unaware of how those words pass your lips, but knowing that you are also changed by their recitation. Maybe the Lord's Prayer reminds you of clasping hands with one who is beloved, nearing the end of life, at the edge of consciousness, where they could still mouth those familiar words that Jesus offered when asked, teach us. Indeed, Luke's Gospel has something to teach us about the nature of prayer and the kingdom 
of God. The passage we heard this morning, the pericope, is the only instance in the Gospels where there's a request of Jesus to teach. Sure, he taught all the time. He did it in parables and in the actions of his life. But here, we receive his response to teach us, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. The first two petitions of the prayer acknowledge the holiness and sovereignty of God as the foundation of our lives, the foundation on which our life of prayer is placed. Jesus opens his prayer with a simple address to God as Father. The most common form of address to God in the synagogue at his time would have been our Father, our King. So Jesus' disciples, so we disciples are to approach God with that same intimacy that Jesus does. God's name is holy, and this holiness sets God apart from all created things. And this same holiness is manifested in Jesus, through him, by him, and by his disciples as well. The first two sentences of the prayer that Jesus taught offer a yearning for a completeness, for a realization that all people would help to establish the fullness of God's reign. Second part of the prayer focuses on the nature of God's relationship to humanity with three essential needs. The first need is sustenance. Give us our daily bread. Remember how God provided for Israel in the desert wanderings? So, too, we ask God for our daily basic needs. The next need is forgiveness. The petition asks for the forgiveness of sins, and God's forgiveness serves as stimulus to us to forgive those who are indebted to us. And the grammatical construction here assumes that there is a definitive forgiveness from God and that that cycle among us as humans is a never-ending process. The final and third need we hear about is preservation. Not protection from enticement to do evil, but protection from those circumstances that might imperil our faith. Jesus continues teaching the disciples after the prayer ends. He encourages them to persevere. We're not offered empty promises as we hear the invitation to ask, to seek, to knock. 
God is not some kind of vending machine for blessings and favors. We don't pray and get whatever we want, like a child angling for a new set of Legos. We pray for those things that bring about the fullness of God's reign, that work to bring it to fruition. And as we pray as Jesus taught, we can only imagine that God would have this fullness of life, this fullness of the kingdom for us too. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. The act of prayer is intimately tied to action in the world, action that brings about justice for all God's people. And one of the gifts of the lectionary cycle is that we're always encountering the same passages of Scripture afresh with changed hearts or ears or circumstances of landscape. This time through the lectionary, I heard the Lord's prayer anew, in particular in light of the war in Ukraine. Not just the contemporary conflict, but also 75 years ago. As I think about the desire for friendship with God, for intimacy with God through Jesus, for the working out of God's kingdom in the world, I'm reminded of a recent meeting with a parishioner in which he withdrew a worn cardboard folder out of his briefcase and he extended it out to me to hold. I could tell by how he handled it that it was something precious, something cherished. On the outside, it looked like an old, worn, thick piece of paperboard. It was about five by seven, not unlike a homemade passport sleeve. And then the explanation commenced. My mother carried this throughout the war as Ukraine was occupied by the Nazis. She had to have it with her at all times to be ready to show her identity paperwork. And as I opened up the small folder and thought about its weight carried in a front jacket pocket and the vital nature of the document, I happened to notice that inside there was a cutout, a carefully carved depression in the paperboard, a sort of hidden compartment that she had stuffed with daily prayer in Ukrainian. And had she been caught with those prayers when they asked to see her identity papers, she surely would have been arrested. But it was so important to her that those prayers rested with her 
close at hand. The very thing that could have imperiled her safety, she carried close to her heart. And so this lectionary cycle, perhaps we might encounter that gift of the Lord's Prayer. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us as vital nourishment and as challenge in this season to act and work and serve in the kingdom of God. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.